0: Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. Welcome to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales. Guess who's back? Back again. Safety Tales. Tell a friend, guess who's back, guess who's back, guess who's back. Anyways, Fred and Dave here with Quad City Safety. Fred, I think you've lost your mind. <laughs> well, that's probably the truth, but here with Quad City Safety, once again, we are on LinkedIn, Fred Redunzel and Dave White. Um, I'm on my Twitter, QC Safety Fred, at QC Safety Fred. So thanks for joining us today for this special episode. We've been up to this podcast thing for a couple months now, and we thought if anyone's still sticking with us, that they're the kind of people who could benefit from learning about all other all other safety-related companies and brands who kind of share our mission. Miss, mission, if you will, the people and products that are out there uh, making waves in the safety revolution. So. Yeah,
1: we've been down in Florida for a couple days now, kind of figuring out... 2018, kind of the messages that we want to deliver to you guys. You know, our goal just <clears throat> is to take everybody on a on a journey next year, and that journey um, can be looked as house housekeeping, or it can be learn. It can be a learning journey, but we want to take you through all the hazards and really have discussions on uh, what to do and uh, and how to approach them and part possible PPE that may be out there. But uh, with that said, um, uh, let's kind of kick off, but I just wanted to let you know what we've been, you know, kind of working on there. So as you hear this going forward, you kind of become part of our journey. So off to off to the races is usually we kind of start everything with uh, kind of some background story. So, you know, I grew up in scouting and, you know, believe it or not, I'm an Eagle Scout and... Um, we were at Scouterama, and Scouterama is like this huge. Uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a nerd fest, but you know, we get together and we have competitions and booths that uh, you know you do different crafts or whatever. But for some reason, they decided to put me on the paper cutter, one of those big old long, you know, kind of machine machetes tied to a to a block, and so I'm kind of cutting paper. And uh, needless to say start ripping through it and if i remember correctly we were uh somehow doing something we were cutting paper because we were making uh, stamps out of potatoes you know so you would dip the you would cut whatever out of the potato and then you would dip the potato in to ink and then put it on paper and stuff like that so kind of there had to be a a better way (laughs) yeah theoretically but i mean for whatever reason that's what we were doing that day russet an old russet yeah, not not a Yukon Gold or anything like that. Bigger potato, something you can get hey. your hands on too. But definitely a tuber. So, you know, as I'm slicing down with this machete, ah, uh, well, whoops, cut the end of my finger off. So, if you ever notice, Fred, see how one's shorter than the other one? Yeah. Yeah, kind of cut the end of it off. And uh, so anybody that's ever kind of cut their finger knows that you kind of, Kind of uh, bleed out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, how to say it doesn't take much of a uh, cut on the end of the finger to really to really nick it. <laughs> it don't bleed forever until oh. you stop it. So if you can imagine, I'm running around. This is at Fort Knox in Kentucky, and we're just running around everywhere trying to find a medic to, you know, direct pressure wasn't really working. And it's it's I've almost got like an arterial bleed where it's kind of kind of squirting out. But needless to say, you know, uh, we found. Finally found the, a medic because, you know, we're on Fort Knox, so we find a Army medic that, you know, yeah. I guess he'd had
0: enough triage training, but he's been able to bandage it up. Yeah, you kind of picture the, the guy running around from the, uh, in the movies where they usually have, like, a fake hand, <laughs> and they're trying to scare somebody, and so they go to shake their hand, and they pull their entire hand off, and it starts shooting up blood, and they sprint around, and it looks like a murder scene or, like, that, Carrie at the end of it.
1: That was basically me, so, you know... I guess, you know, looking at that is, that's kind of the story to kind of start off is, you know, uh, putting putting tools in the wrong hands can sometimes cause, you know, first aid or even worse accidents.
0: Okay, fair enough. So can we talk about like uh, another company that you think presents safety information in a way that doesn't suck? Like, That's kind of like how we're trying to do things here. Like, do you, is there anybody that comes to mind that you think doesn't present their information the same way that everybody else is?
1: Uh, you know, there's, there's, how to say, I believe that a lot of times, you know, live training versus, you know, having somebody actually come out and get in front of somebody instead of going, okay, we have all these VHS and betas over in the corner. With a little three by three tv so when we're going to do our safety training we're going to put you in front of the, you know kind of a uh, a boring mechanism so i i think that safety training that doesn't suck is human to human and uh utilizes a lot of props to where you know if you're doing fall protection training and you're talking about you know uh problems with harnesses and what to look for it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to really sit there and go, well, here's an item that's, you know, damaged. Why don't you tell me what's wrong with it? So you can kind of teach people to kind of uh, have that eye for what they're looking for.
0: Yeah. So what kind of what we've tried to start doing is, you know, little short videos that we've done. If we're doing, a um, obviously, like our the blog, you know, that we think is a little bit informational and has... Some of these tools that people can use, and maybe they can look at that information in a little bit different way, and like how we're trying to do this podcast that that a lot of people aren't doing. So we're kind of presenting information a little bit differently. And I think there are some a little, some little bit more
1: real world and practical instead of you know, I mean, you can read the King James version of the Bible, or you can like read the New in, in New International. There's a little bit of a difference in how that kind of reads and speaks. You know, it doesn't sound like like somebody's read, reading it in, you know, 8th century England.
0: Right. who the the company that I used that I know you you met with them um, that I posted something that they did all the drop test stuff on our website. What was the name of the Black and Beach? Yeah. Right. So yeah. they they looked at it a little bit differently and that is then they took they figured out that we have a major hazard for falling objects. Yeah. And so they used a watermelon that they then put on the ground, and what is impact of the human skull happen when they're not wearing a hard hat. So they use that tool as like a nice, well, drop a screw, and this is what a screw looks like when it hits a watermelon, and you're dead. And we're we're gonna drop a a hammer, and your entire head is obliterated by a hammer. And so they used a, a nice visual like that, that I'm sure you get all their hundreds and hundreds of contractors around, and they get to see This screw get dropped, smash a watermelon like Gallagher. (laughs) I miss old Gallagher. (laughs) What about Gallagher 2? Is he Gallagher 2? Yeah, so Gallagher. I thought
1: Gallagher was still around.
0: Gallagher is still around.
1: He's but still got the sledge matic right?
0: I assume so. I'm, I haven't seen much from Gallagher I was, in the past a kid, 15 I years. Wanted, I mean, that was like going to be one of my dreams is to
1: sit on the front row And have the, <laughs> the, pa- the poncho on? Yeah. And yep. just going to be rained fruits and vegetables. So here's on. a
0: Gallagher uh, fun fact that I don't know if you knew this. You When I said Gallagher too, that didn't register to you. No. So, so Gallagher had his whole act where he obviously went around smashing watermelons, telling his jokes. But the main thing is that he did that his brother looked exactly like Gallagher. He looked the same. Like a twin? Not a twin brother but he was his brother. And so he decided he got pissed off at Gallagher 1 and he said I'm stealing his whole shit. I'm going to steal the entire act and he went on tour as Gallagher 2. And so he was able just to steal everything that his brother had done created completely stole his act and sold tickets as Gallagher. Huh. That'll that'll uh, ruin your day and that'll uh, fracture a brotherly relationship I did not know that yep and so you can just google Gallagher 2 sometime oh, and kind of read the whole tale that's the Gallagher tale instead of the I safety tale probably at one point in time I was watching
1: Gallagher 2 and thought I was watching Ga- Gallagher <laughs> yeah. 1 just didn't know yeah.
0: yeah it was like that was the old tale with the ultimate warrior in wrestling was like I don't think it was actually the case but oh the real ultimate warrior he died in 1990 and his twin brother came in because he died from steroids and now his twin brother's out there wrestling but Back to our point, using things like that to really inspire yeah, our gives, invaluable. Gives level of visual. I mean,
1: when we're, we're when we're wearing personal protective equipment, we've identified that man something bad can happen. It's kind of like it's kind of like a you watch baseball players walk out onto a field. Who has the most gear on? Right, the, the catcher because there's there's a higher probability that he is going. You know, he has somebody winging a ball at him at ninety miles an hour, so he has his personal protective equipment on. And anybody that's ever seen a you know a catcher, they usually have you know bruises all over them. There's usually you know somebody slid in and cleated them. You know, they're 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 a hot mess. Yeah, but.
0: and to that to that point, I think it's sure the catcher can go back. Um, and if the pitcher's just throwing balls right to his mitt, he might not have to wear all that stuff. He can catch it in his glove. The pitcher comes back, throws another fastball right to him. He catches it in his glove. But the unexpected is that pitcher throws one in the dirt. What happens? Mm-hmm. Or the the batter tip. tips it. Yep, tips it in that. Or, yeah, someone's running around the bases, and they come sliding and barrel right into you. <laughs> I always like when they, you know, they foul tip
1: it just right into the mask. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder what that... It's oh, got to scare. The there's got to be CTE
0: involved in that. In that catcher, <laughs> one of my favorite is when the fat old umpire is back there. And it tips it, bypasses the catcher, goes right over his shoulder, catches the umpire right on the chin piece. That just ever jars ever, it right you ever in the face. They're
1: just too fat to play, and they just said, you know, I, I'm just I can't make it to first, so I'm just going to stand out at first. I
0: don't know. Yeah, I want to <laughs> be the I want to be the I want to be the guy. Or it's always funny NBA. It happens a lot or football where that. That umpire or referees kind of jogging along, and they they always trip in like the most unathletic way possible. <laughs> but they're still trying to ref or umpire the game as they're getting up. Safe, safe. Yeah. Yep, so, all right. How about uh, that's so that's a company. How about some products that kind of came out this year? Is there anything that you think that's kind of innovative um, more than something else that happened in the past?
1: Um, I saw the Vera Five Thousand. That that was interesting. Okay. And again, that's a that's a you can test an anchor point, and then you can geolocate it and produce a report. So, if you have anchor points within, you know, whether it's construction or you know even in a facility, you know, what better way to really have documentation? You know, when somebody you know if somebody were to fall, and let's say we have some level of incident, you're going to want to make sure that that works. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're using an anchor point that was, hell, it could have been installed in the, you know, the mid-70s or something. Who knows what's happened, you know, to whatever it's affixed in. Maybe the concrete's degraded. Maybe, you know, the structural steel's not as good. So, pull testing those is something that's cool. Um, you know, with the whole outbreak of, uh, you know, in the, the silica space, you um, there's the cleanscape, so it's it's kind of like a powered respirator. It's not a papper, but it actually you know supplies filtrated, you know, air to you know the uh, wearer. wear. So you know there's a there's a lot of different things out. There. A lot of different coatings for anti fogs that are uh, you know on glasses that are more of an inherent versus a treated because historically most of the product that was out there was treated, so By the time they put the treatment on, they put it on a boat. It comes over from China. It sits in their manufacturer's warehouse, sits in our warehouse, and then the end user gets it. It doesn't have any anti fog on it because you know it's it's a spray coating or a treatment that works off over time. So that is that's uh, there's some new uh, pretty cool coatings. Fr clothing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Whether it's cut resistant fibers or flame resistant fibers. There is new stuff that's getting more protection. It's getting lighter. Yeah, you know, like NSA has, uh, like a looks like Bernie Mac would smoke cigars and hang around basketball games in, but it's you know, yeah, but it's like a you know a forty cal piece of gear. So I mean, there's some really new stuff out there that's cool. That uh, you know, again, I mean, if you're using the same old stuff that you did in 1985, you should probably. Take your uh, Bowen Loop Duke uh, lunchbox, throw it out and go f- maybe get you like a Yeti cooler or something that's going to work a little bit better for whatever you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, or maybe even if you drive a car that's older than 2005, maybe you should take a look at that, Dave. I okay. Don't know, I don't uh, know. There's some technology. Like you might be able to Bluetooth sync your phone to listen <laughs> to this podcast in your car oh, if it was made in the last do. 15 do. years. Who do? Yeah.
1: Thanks for the poke there. <laughs>
0: So, how about uh, some updates to regulations that kind of happened this year, why you think they're relevant or geared towards making a better future?
1: Uh, well, I mean, probably, you know, the biggest one is, you know, respir- uh, <clears throat> respirable crystalline silica. So, you know, we already know that asbestos is out there, and, you know, anybody that's Got a light level of insomnia at three o'clock in the morning. Has seen the mesothelioma, you know, lawsuits get part of your right part of your ten billion dollar, you know, claim or whatever is well. That's going to eventually be crystalline silica okay. because you know there's significant data out there that people that are ingesting that stuff or breathing it in their lungs are. Uh, they're, they're damaging themselves, they're damaging their lungs. So again, it goes back into, is it an acute or is it
0: chronic? This is
1: something that's chronic. So it takes, you know.
0: So for maybe some people that don't know, sorry to cut you off, but maybe go back to the start on that. Kind of what is that dust and what's causing that dust? Uh, because there might not be all of us that know. I mean, we were talking, I think it was yesterday, about seeing somebody that's really grinding this stuff up and they're not wearing shit.
1: Typically, I mean, you
0: can see it in cup
1: pointing or masonry. Um, you can see it in uh, hell, an, elect, an electrician that's, uh, let's say, he's uh, got to drill into, you know, some pre-stressed concrete floors above him for wire racks or drilling to put conduit in. Um, it could be a uh, somebody that's putting concrete in, and he, but he needs to cut the concrete. Uh, so any time that we are, you it's know... It's from
0: grinding or cutting. It's gri- just the grinding, dust that cur- cutting, that's created.
1: So we're basically putting that crystalline silica in the air. And crystalline silica, once it's airborne, doesn't really settle out. It just kind of kind of meanders around. So, you know, the proper way to do a lot of it is to, to have the HEPA filter where it's coming out of or do, like a lot of people refer to as a wet cut. So... Like, you're driving down the interstate, and you see this guy with, like, the world's largest saw, you know, cutting, right. you know, cutting concrete, but he's got... You see the, the dust cloud that goes for... You see the dust cloud, or you see the guy that's doing a wet cut that actually is putting water on it so it's not getting air more. Yeah. But, you know, you, you see a lot of people that are, you know, kind of going all cowboys and Indians and breathing that stuff in. You know, I mean, probably go to blow their nose, and it looks like they, you know, just got sick, just crap all over it. Well, you're breathing silica, and it's making its way through your nose hairs and down into your lungs, and yeah. then it's just basically, it's like having a cat down there just scratching the shit out of everything. And once it scratches it, um, it doesn't come back right. It doesn't heal right. It, it heals with scar tissue, and then it does it again. So... All of uh, all the good stuff in your lung that's absorbing o- absorbing oxygen is becoming damaged over time.
0: Right. So so that's the that's kind of the big one for this year. We we talked a little bit in the last episode about kind of the general industry um, updates that they made to like the working, walking, working surfaces, you know, standards. So that's another one that the people can kind of rewind to find out more about that. But I think that one's more of getting manufacturing in line with what kind of construction's already been doing, mm-hmm. you know, we've recognized some of those hazards. And there's hazards. still the, you know, it's been out for
1: a little bit, but, you know, confined space in uh, construction, making sure that, you know, if people
0: are trenching and shoring, you know, that they have the same requirement. Okay. So we can kind of kind of move on to our, our dumb ass of the week, and I, I, I like to tell them to hit the music, so that brings me to mind, I talked about wrestling earlier, so... Do you ever remember the wrestler Ravishing Rick Rude? Yes. Okay, so Ravishing Rick Rude would always wear the extreme tights, like the long pants that like really accented the the junk yeah. area. Looked like he had a cod piece in it. And he'd, yeah. <laughs> he'd have the long Fabio hair, but curly the big porn star mustache. <laughs> and his little like trunks would have whoever he was fighting on it, or it would have like a, a sexy woman kind of on his on his trunks. And he would always like At the very start of it, he would go, he'd come in with his music playing, he'd grab the microphone, and he's the big heel, so he's talking, he'll talk to the crowd. And he'd always insult everyone in the crowd, so he'd be like, all you Detroit City motorhead white trash. What I want you to do is you better grab your girl tight because she's about to see the sexiest man alive. And then he'd put his hands behind his head and start swiveling his hips like that's turning anybody on. So, Uh, all you Detroit sweat hogs, grab your girls and let them get a peek of the sexiest man alive. And then he'd go, hit the music. And so, it's time for the dumbass of the week hit the music. Fictional fictional name. Let's call this guy Don. Now, what Don did was I saw Don on the news, and Don was an anchor for, I think it was CNN, one of the news organizations. Well, anyways, there's riots going on, and so <laughs> there's tear gas going yeah, everywhere, yeah. and Don's out there in the environment. And so what they like to do to be super dramatic instead of going... Two miles away, we're close enough. You can hear a lot of what's going on. They like to get right up in there, and so Don has his full face respirator on. He's talking into his mic with his respirator on, but I start to notice, as a semi safety professional, there's two slots for a cartridge on this on this respirator, and Don's only got one of them on there and so Don's I'm like what is he doing like he's if, doing there's, nothing a, for him, if there's a need to wear that uh, Don's only got the one cartridge attached so he's gonna have some problems here when that tear gas gets to him and so all of a sudden of course Don starts talking and uh about a minute in, he's interviewing somebody, and all of a sudden he goes, and he has to, he hands the mic over to somebody else who comes in and continues on with that interview. So Don is a dumbass. Uh, yep. Now, Dave, let's give Don some tips on maybe what to look for <laughs> here to do differently next time. Well, Don obviously didn't know. Or hadn't been trained on
1: how to properly don a respirator, right. and then all the components. So anytime you're getting ready to put a respirator on, you know there's a lot of stuff that you need to work through. And, you know, a lot of people just think that you just go out and you just buy one and throw one on. Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> just uh, make sure that uh, number one is less. Let's make sure that you are medically able to wear one. Right. So there's a couple different philosophies that you gotta look at. First of all is am I not batshit crazy? Meaning do am I am I gonna put it on and am I claustrophobic and all of a sudden I'm gonna put something on that's gonna trigger some level of a mental switch to go off where we have something bad. The second part of it is let's say let's say I've been a chronic smoker or whatever. Or I've got uh, I've been you know chugging down all that uh, crystalline silicon have damaged my lungs so I don't have I don't really have a pulmonary function that will support pulling you know air across my respirator and I throw one on and have a potential of having you know some level of a cardiac event because I'm working way too hard. Right. So one is let's make sure that we can wear it, but two. Uh, respirators are not and I repeat respirators are not and I repeat respirators are not one size fit all, right. fits all. And they're not one respirator uh, fits all whether it's gases, particulates, fibers, you know maybe it's nuisance level odors. There's cartridges for each one of those and there's sizes for each uh, you know face size type
0: Yeah, that I, are out there. I do think that So, for this application, it's a good lesson, though, for people because... See it all all the time. And not everybody... So, like, Don isn't trained on a respirator because Don doesn't have to wear a respirator on a regular basis. So, there's so many people that, like, especially in the construction market, I'm sure in the manufacturing side, too, is like, I only have to wear this respirator, you know, once a month or I only have to put this or I don't even have to do this on a regular basis, but this application that we're going to is going to require me to wear this respirator even if today. They,
1: even if even if they voluntarily wear it. Yeah. Then you still have that obligation. So if you're an employer and you say I don't want to have respirators so we don't have a respirator program, but you have somebody that voluntarily Goes Noah, I need it. I need it or I want it because I don't agree or believe you. And they put it on. You have some obligations to make sure that all the little goodies that we talked about before are happening.
0: Right. Well, and it probably needs to be that they're not grabbing Dan's respirator over here, or they're not grabbing Bill's respirator using his stuff that they haven't been fit tested for. Correct. Put it over their big <coughs> beard. That's or, actually not
1: protected. Or some, or the purchasing agent finds some n95s on on amazon for five dollars because they got a little water damage but they haven't been fit tested on and they show them up and and throw them on and it's a different manufacturer because they thought they were saving you know a little bit of money
0: yep so don you're a dumbass and whoever gave you that respirator is probably a dumbass too yeah well i mean can you imagine
1: handing somebody uh with, with one, one, cartridge. one cartridge,
0: or it's got two, and they're like, "Oh, I got back up one." Oh, and gotta, throw a little duct tape over there. What this, this hole for? I don't even know. So, anyways, all right. So let's move on. We'll kind of comb through our email box for this week, uh, ask a couple questions. Uh, if you guys have questions, please reach out to me. It's Fred at Quad City Safety. Uh, you can reach get into our uh, social media conversations. So yes, sir. you
1: know, one of the things that you know that it's a principle that you know s- safety. Uh, requires everybody to be involved and one thing is if you see something say something right and like the dumbass that's obviously wearing that respirator I'm pretty sure that there probably was somebody that saw him right before he started gagging yeah that was like man uh, that don't look right yeah so you know let's I just wanted to just throw that caveat out on there of people this is a you know these are your friends and your employees. And, you know, unless it's somebody that you secretly want to kill, you should really, if you see something, say something.
0: Yep. Yep. that's that's super important. So, all right, let's try and we'll, we'll move on again. Comb through that email. Like I was saying, reach out to us on any of our social media conversations. So Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, we're active on there. We will respond. We will answer your questions on the show if you ask them. So number one. Should we just be using a restraint lanyard inside of a scissor lift? I know that this is a touchy, this is a touchy one that I've been asked multiple times. Um, what uh, what's what's kind of the goal there with a scissor lift? Are we trying to keep people well, in it? Are we trying to keep them when they fall out that we're protecting them? Well, like theoretically, a scissor lift, um, by
1: definition, you don't necessarily need anything. Okay. Um, so. And when we talk about a scissor lift, a scissor lift is something that goes straight up and down. Well, maybe it's a JLG that has an articulating boom. Well, that's a different, that's a completely different animal. So, I mean, if we're literally going straight up and straight down and we have a uh, guardrail system that goes around the perimeter of that scissor lift, and we are doing what you what we're supposed to do. Like a scissor lift is meant to, you know, go into the gym, raise that platform up, change the light bulbs, and come back down. Yeah. So if we're not leaning over the guardrail, <clears throat> then we really don't need to. We don't. Uh, we're theoretically okay. Okay. But having that restraint device on keeps you from doing that, making that stupid decision where. Okay, instead of taking the lift down and moving it two feet to get to the end of this light bulb, what happens is, you know, uh, Billy leans over the edge and, you know, he's kind of almost sitting on the edge of the uh, handrail, but he's 30 feet up, somehow loses his balance and falls out of it. So restraint uh, is kind of a, you know, maybe a best practice because typically there's an anchor point in the bottom of most scissor lifts that they can tie to.
0: So if the thing moves side to side and is bouncing, do you have to have something set up then for well, if, the you fall have, if you
1: if you're if you're in an articulating boom, meaning you're moving outside of just the um, how to say, instead of straight up and down, you're going any level sideways. Right. You need to approach it from a fall arrest situation.
0: Okay. So is that something that then you work with inside of the, I guess they probably have to have something set up on that lift?
1: Uh, Typically, the the manufacturer of most lifts will have anchor points installed on them. Okay. They're usually on the floor.
0: So um, number two, does wearing a winter liner inside of another glove affect the protection level? So I think the the specific application that I was thinking was like a cut resistant glove and you put a winter liner inside that glove or it could be a chemical glove or it could be a welding glove. If you put something in to add to it on the inside, does that affect the protecting level of the outer glove? Uh,
1: Theoretically, it would make it go up. Okay. And the whole thing to remember is even your skin has some level of cut resistance. But it has a very low level of cut resistance. So if you add, you know, even like a, what you talk like a leather driver's glove. Don't quote me on this, but I think the numbers that I've seen before on a cowhide leather driver's has about 280 grams of cut resistance somewhere around somewhere around there. Okay. So. It's not quite that, you know, it's not quite an ANSI 2, but it's, it, it's not a, you know, 10 grams of cut resistance. It has, you know, it has a half of a 1. So, okay. it's, you know, it's a level 1 with that 280 grams of cut resistance. So if we put a liner inside a <clears throat> cut resistance, we're not really changing, um, we're not changing the cut resistance or lowering it by doing anything. Okay. We might potentially be raising it. But the problem that happens is, uh, we may make it more cumbersome to move. Yeah. So maybe we have to grip something tighter.
0: That's yeah, that what I was going to say. Like. Is
1: you have to think more about what you're doing with it. So let's say we're handling, you know, greasy sheet metal, okay? And we're out in the cold and we go, we just have an ANSI two glove, well, we put some cumbersome. We make it more cumbersome to hold, so we're holding onto it tighter, yeah. which is increasing that pressure. Then theoretically, you could you could uh, while you're not changing the cut resistance of the glove, you're making because when you look at the uh, physics of a cut, a physics the physics of a cut is how sharp is the edge and how much pressure. Is being supplied to that? How many how many newtons or grams of force are being placed on that? Okay. And by putting that winter glove on there, we're increasing we're increasing because we're gonna to have to grip it high, grip it tighter. So if all of a sudden it slips, we've got more pressure there. So we might you know might need a higher cut resistant glove in that in that uh,
0: example. Right, because if you the glove is probably designed to sit on your skin, and so if you put something inside of that, it might slip a little bit. Could could
1: slip a little bit, but think about you know losing that dexterity. Right, you don't have to hold it as tight. You feel you know a lot of times if you don't feel like you have control of something, you may
0: bear down on it. Okay. Number three, are we required to have a bloodborne pathogen kit on our construction site?
1: Theoretically, yeah. I mean, anytime somebody can uh, do, the, do the old kid blow chow or whatever, you know, you need to make sure that you're able to clean that up. And when we talk about a, a you know, bloodborne pathogens kit is bloodborne pathogens, not just blood. It's any kind of bodily fluid has got that uh, potential to infect you with stuff. So, you need to make sure, you know, the, the the cleanup kit has bags to put stuff in. Usually it has gloves, it can have uh, you know, masks or face protection. But uh you're just trying to make sure that you don't, you know, ingest it. And when we say ingest it it's not like somebody's gonna walk up and and pick up vomit and eat it. <laughs> but uh Somebody might, you know, get a little bit on their, you know, you could get it on your hand and, you know, touch your face. And the next thing you know, you, you get freaking Ebola or something, you know, yeah. something like that. CDC quarantines you and puts you on a watch list
0: and makes you stay in your basement for like three weeks. There's a, a, a show that's on uh, like Adult Swim. It's the Eric Andre show. <coughs> Have you ever heard of that? It's a like no. 15 minute. They, all their shows on Adult Swim are like 15 minutes. Okay. a 15 minute show and then a cartoon that's 15 minute like so they got it really really narrowed down for the adD mind like late at night but anyways this guy holds like a it's like a talk show <clears throat> a 15 minute talk show a 15 minute talk show <laughs> with an intro okay yeah and an outro. so and the people that come on are like semi-famous like dancing with the stars level famous most of the time okay. and right. the thought and I think it's got a little bit more notoriety but the thought was they didn't know what show they were getting onto, and so one of the ones <laughs> him the- And so one of the ones that they come out and they're introducing, like, talk like for a, a very short time. But the one that I saw was he's talking to somebody, and then all of a sudden he gets a look on his face, and he just starts vomiting on the table while he's talking to the person. And then as he's talking to him like the vomit is just sitting there and he continues on the conversation like he didn't just vomit on the table next to them and then as he's talking to him, he starts eating his vomit oh. <laughs> and just to see their reaction as he's asking them like normal questions about their project as he's eating his own vomit that he just put on the table so that came when you brought up eating vomit uh, okay. that, well, that popped into my brain I so. physically and mentally had never been there but thank you for <laughs> taking me through that to check it out so anyways um New Year's resolutions. We're uh, depending on when we're listening to this. It's going to be towards the end of the year or towards the start of next year. So, we're uh, we're working on our Dave and Bacon uh, Safety Tales New Year's resolutions. So, number one for me is yeah. we got to figure out this goddamn audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some some of the episodes. Uh, one of us will be a little quieter. We'll be a little louder. So that's on that's on us to hopefully in the new year. I doubt can... that we ever get it. Like you know studio
1: quality but uh, yeah, yeah we, we we're trying to trying to fix some of the fact that it sounds like we're doing a, like a garage band recording <laughs> with, with the old tape player where you, you had to mash the two but the play and record to, to get it laid down so right. hopefully we do get uh, we do get that, that figured out in 2018 2018 so, I'm not sure what what's the what's what is
0: 2018 the year of don't ask me okay I just didn't know if from you know the whole chinese new year or whatever yep so my the number two thing i had is that we're going to start trying to include guests on our podcast so instead of just listening to us to hopefully we'll be able to start uh giving you guys some other people that can tell their safety story a little bit and so that can continue the conversation so if you have any good suggestions on uh guests that you would like to hear uh, definitely shoot that over to us on our social media or reach out to me at yeah, fred at quadcitysafety.com and let us know somebody that you think might be good for the show. So, 2018 is the year of the dog. Year of the dog? Hmm. Huh. Right. Well, followed by
1: the boar, by the rat, and by the ox.
0: Yeah, we got to tell my wife that it's can't tell her it's the year of the dog because she'd like to get a dog, another dog, and another just, dog. Well, our dog passed away, so that's what I thought. I was, maybe, yeah, we got to get a new, maybe you'd a new dog. A yeah, new yeah. dog. She wants
1: to get a new dog, but I hear they're cloning them now. So if, if you get a dog and just kind of it's squander clung.
0: away a little bit of its DNA, you can have the same. <laughs> Keep in the freezer. Oh. So personally, I'm going to try and be a little bit more organized this year. I also would like to plan a family vacation. Where are you thinking about going? No idea. I gotta, with, uh, by so the time, I'll have a two- and four-year-old. No.
1: It's not really going to be a
0: vacation for you. No. Something that they can be entertained in doing, but maybe something that's close to we We have some family in Colorado, so maybe we'll head up to Colorado and do some hiking where we can leave the kids with some cousins and stuff like that for the day. and Just try and, I don't know, try and plan something because find ourselves all of a sudden it's you had a kid that's four that's never been on a vacation and i don't want to have a kid that's 15 and you've never <laughs> taken a vacation yeah because i got to grow up a little bit like that you know you you look back and you kind of treasure those those memories some of the best times you have are like little experiences that little you had videots. when you were a kid yeah yeah you, you don't really remember as much the i played video games for 17 hours straight <laughs> you kind of remember when you and the family went to yosemite yeah well, yeah so I,
1: mean, I can dig that that's that's a good plan. I mean, plus, I mean, I think that uh, from a safety standpoint where it's important is, you know, take a break and refocus. Right. You know, again, uh, when we talk about a lot of accidents occur is, you know, oh, my God, we've been doing the same thing for 20 years and we never stop. We become complacent.
0: We become brain dead to what's going on around us. Yeah, so you just have some time to unplug and then plug back in. So, so then when I it's, uh, it's, it's everybody's... Uh, January 1st gold drop a few lbs. Yeah. I got to get back to the gym, get back to my fighting weight, and get back to uh, feeling a little bit better when I wake up in the morning.
1: Yeah, I've been uh, I've been working out, but I I need to uh, eat a couple more salads or push back from put push back on the red meat maybe a little bit. Yeah. All
0: right. What else you got anything else? You know, just to
1: try to, you know, maybe slow down a little bit every now and then, you know. That's kinda of important.
0: Fair enough. So that's what we're hoping. Why don't you guys let us know what what your New Year's safety resolution is. Maybe you got something inside your company, maybe you got something you'd like to see personally for yourself, but
1: Yeah, we would love to hear you know, up. like yeah. new initiatives maybe that, you know, safety, you know, safety needs to be shared. This is we're we're working together we're going to figure out how to make environments better for everybody so if you have something that you know is like kick-ass thought why don't you share it with us yeah, we like love those to share dropping
0: screws into a watermelon that's awesome i hadn't seen that before so if you guys got anything like that that you could share with us and we could talk about that would be fantastic i'd love to hear it i'd love to implement that to you know tell other people what you're doing so so once again so as much as we love hanging out with you guys we gotta get back on the beach here in sunny Florida, right? All good things must come to an end, though. Yeah, and by beach we mean we're gonna have to get on an airplane pretty soon, and uh, I don't think head back other to, than
1: flying over Tampa Bay, I don't think I saw any water. <laughs> I
0: didn't see any, didn't <laughs> see much sand. So, anyway, so thank you guys very much for listening. We really appreciate you giving us the chance to talk about safety in this format. So it means an awful lot to us that you take the time to to listen to what we have to say and you know, hopefully have some fun with us. So we will be back at it again next week with uh, more safety stories. So in the meantime, stay safe. Remember to spread some awareness yourself. Uh, Leave me some questions at, you know, Fred at safety.com, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, we are there. Get involved. Don't wait until you lose somebody that you love to become an advocate for safety. Let's work together uh, to help out some of these safety statistics in 2018. Safety has no quitting time. We will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon's Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety. Hashtag safety tales. Or email them to Fred at quadcitysafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.